Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Life's Exponential Impact. My name is John Randolph, and I'm here with Ray Porton. So we are both educators trying to explore how one person can make a difference by creating these influential ripple effects in the world around us, not only in the educational field, but throughout our daily lives. It is said that in a lifetime, one person can have an effect on up to 75,000 people throughout their lifetime by their interactions alone. You know, every action we're involved in creates a wave of influence throughout those around us. And this happens through model behavior, our social interactions, and our emotional responses to everyday life events. So whether it's at home with our families or at the grocery store or wherever you find yourself, every opportunity to put that ripple effect in motion surrounds us. So once again, welcome to Life's Exponential Impact. Hey, John, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Trying to stay awake, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to have any trouble staying awake tonight because we've got yeah. a special guest on tonight that I am super excited. You know, with uh, the pandemic and everything going on in schools this year. One of the things that I've really taken, you and I have talked about this, my PLN has grown immensely. I've met people that I never thought I would have interacted with outside of it. Um, and one of those people is Debbie Tannenbaum, who is on our show tonight. And I cannot wait to get into some of the background and what's going on with Debbie. So Debbie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. So you got a ton going on. I'm going to let John kind of go through the, the bio here and, and kind of brag on you a little bit because, <laughs> man, um, I, I always meet with people. And John, you and I talked about that imposter syndrome. And there are times when I get done meeting with people, I'm like, what am I doing knowing these people? Like, what did I do in another life? So, John, why don't you jump in? Well, no, yeah, I'm a little nervous, actually, tonight. It's, it's hot in here. <laughs> so Debbie, Debbie Tannenbaum works as an elementary school technology specialist in Fairfax County, Virginia. Uh, she's an educator with uh, over 20 years of experience. Uh, Debbie supports both staff and students to integrate technology tools into instruction through both co-teaching sessions and weekly technology classes. She emphasizes working collaboratively with other educators to use technology tools that amplify student learning and empower student voice. She also blogs and shares her thoughts and reflections regularly on her website, tannenbaumtech.com. Uh, her book, Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky. I love that title, just letting you know. Uh, it was published by Road to Awesome, correct me if I'm wrong, Road to Awesome LLC, and is available on Amazon right now, correct? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I, am, I am very proud of my book. I oh my God. I, it's beautiful. It is. I, you showed the cover, you posted it one day on social media, and I was like, I love that. I love the title. I love the cover. Like, how inviting, you know? Well, it's funny because when um, my publisher, Darren, and I were working on it, he showed me a few things. I'm like, it's not right. It's like, you know, when you're going to like buy the car you want or buy the house you want, you don't know what you want until you see it. And you're like, that's it. And we kept just making changes. And when we got to putting the graphic in the middle, I was like, we're almost there. And then we put the icons on and I was like, wait, that's it. I'm like, I was just, it's just, it looks so much more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. And like, I just can't stop showing it off whenever somebody mentions it. <laughs> and then I got to see it in Jillian Dubois' hands today on Twitter. So that was even cooler. Now, now wait a minute. Jillian Dubois holding up your book on Twitter. How? Yeah, saying like, it's here in all caps. That is all. I mean, like, 
And so, okay, so let's back up a little bit. So you're a tech specialist in the middle yes. of a pandemic, which I mean, like, oh yeah, we we didn't use computers at all over the last year and a half. Um, <laughs> so your world must have just blown up. And in the process of that, you decided, I want to do more. Let's write a book. Is that is that kind of how this goes? It kind of went a little bit differently. Okay. What happened was at the end of 2019, I was doing a Twitter chat, um, a lead lab chat. And at the end, Jay Billy was like, and I know you guys have interviewed him as, I think somebody had interviewed him. I, I was listening to your one with Jeff Cricket. And he was like, what would you do if you could do anything? And I was like, I want to write a book. And he goes, then go do it. And for some reason, putting it out there in the universe actually made it seem like it was something real. And so from January to March, I just started writing. I had been blogging for over a year at that point. So I had some content and I just started working and then March came and like the world changed. And I'll be honest, March through like the fall was kind of crazy. And I did not get as much writing done as I really wanted to, because I was just in survival mode. Everyone needed tech, pe tech people at that point. Um, but I still continue to work on it in, in December. Um, my publisher, Darren, put out something saying, if you have a story, I'd love to hear about it. At that point, I thought I was about half done. I decided to go meet with him and I sent him my draft, my manuscript, and he wrote back and he's like, here's a contract. I want to publish this. And at that point, I started freaking out. I was like, I'm not ready to do this. And like, I waited almost two weeks before acting on it because I was like, are you sure? Is this real? Like, I was really nervous. But while I was going through all of that, I was also super inspired. And within a month of meeting with Darren, I had finished the book um, wow. because all of a sudden I like got this huge burst of energy. It happened to be winter break. I had some more time. So it was just, and then all of a sudden he's like sending me messages like, so what are we doing? And it looks like you're done. <laughs> and, you know, since then we've been going through the editing process, but it was, it's funny. Cause when I went to ISTE in 19, I met these people who had written books and I asked them to sign my books. And I was just like, they're so nice. But like now I know the reason they're so nice because they're people just like me, yeah. which is kind of like a weird thing to realize, like, wait, they're just people. <laughs> so this year I, and yours is the next one on my list. I've bought like eight books from people that I know now, like, and, and like, I'm so excited when it comes in the mail and I'm like another book of somebody I know. And like, I'm, I'm like reading and, and like, just, and it, you're right. It's, I look at these books and I'm like, wow. Like, so everyday people that I know I've been talking to for a year, here's their book, but it's also the idea, like getting their message out there and getting their, you know, what, you know, their purpose and then trying to influence more people. You know, people ask like why I want to be in an administration. And my idea was, I thought I could impact more people in my classroom. I could impact the 29 kids I taught or the 75 kids I taught throughout a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. But being an administration, I could impact a whole school. And so, you know, I got to imagine and I, I, I probably will never write a book, even though the thoughts crossed my mind, but you should just go do know. it. <laughs> um, but I, but the idea to me would be very similar of, I got this message. I want to impact more people. I want to, I want to get it out there to more people. Let's put it on paper and, and get it out in a book. Is that, is that kind of how, where you're thinking? Like I, it, it was, I, as I started to write, I realized when I first started blogging, it was just about tech, but as I got more and more started taking more risks, my message was more than just that. And, you know, we all talk about the impact of a PLN. Well, the PL, the impact of a PLN changed my life. Becoming a connected educator changed my life. And so 
as I started putting the message together, I really wanted it, to, it in a lot of ways, it's a history book of me, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a framework. If you want more, here's some simple ways to start getting more. Um, and, you know, from starting to what tech tools will really give your kids opportunities to how you can empower yourself. And I feel like too many educators teach behind closed doors. And when I, you know, finished college in, you know, 1997, that was the way it is, but it shouldn't be the way it is in 2021. Yeah. And you, you, you talked about the PLN and being a connected educator. Um, something I, I got it. Jeff Prickett has been telling me for like 10 years, grow your PLN, grow your PLN. And he was my PLN, like him and like <laughs> people I worked with. Good PLN and- though. It is good PLN, um, but I didn't even know really what a PLN was. And then when uh, COVID hit, he sent me a message and said, join this group. And I was like, all right, let's join it. And my world is blown up. And, you know, I mean, I've seen you almost weekly for the last, you know, year on our Teach Better Masterminds or different, you know, different uh, chats and stuff. And I just, it's made, it's made me a better person being connected. Um, it's helped me through this horrible year for so many people, um, gain perspective and stuff. Um, I just, and, but then I see people, John and I, we start a podcast. We're like, Hey, we got nothing going on. Let's start a podcast <laughs> during a pandemic. You know, <laughs> like, I think we recorded no, why our, not, huh? why not? Yeah, John, didn't we record our first episode? Like the day before school started, like yes. we literally, like the night Let's before we're having the teachers show up for the Let's first day. Yep. <laughs> no, I, yeah. A lot of things just kind of hit on me. I, I, I feel like I'm just going to take this way off track, but, um, <laughs> Where am I going to start? So I was just thinking about like certain listeners who listen to our podcast may not know what a school-based technology specialist is. That's good because the name really is not a good name. I'm going to be perfectly honest. (laughs) We, everyone who is, we were called SFITs, which is even worse. Um, I describe myself as an ed tech coach. It's my job to help teachers learn best practices of integrating technology and really bring that, you know, help our students develop those technology proficiencies. There's a little bit of a tech support um, role to it, which seems like, and now that we're doing concurrent instruction has been amplified this year, mm-hmm. but I really just, I love my job because I get to show people why I fell in love with technology. And when I fell in love with technology, it's nothing like it is now and just the opportunities that it can give us. And so you know, whether I'm showing a fourth grade class how to go to Smithsonian Learning Lab so that they can be at a museum no matter where they are. Or I'm showing kids how to use Flashcard Factory and Pear Deck so they can work on collaborating while instead of doing, you know, a boring vocabulary activity. I get to, a chance to, with the older kids, co-teach with the teachers and with the younger kids, they come to the lab and I get a chance to plan activities for them that are based on what they're learning about in class. So I really get a chance to give them those little, those little things using the technology that they might not have had because teachers are busy and they don't always have time to do all of that research. Yeah. I feel like the, the role alone because of the pandemic has, it, it's really put a spotlight on that role and it's not just that support role, right? It's not tech support. This right. is something far greater and, you know, in that role, I guess, you know, it just in the educational field itself. I mean, it's, it, it's yeah. almost, like the spotlight's been shown on it. Well, it's funny because right? I, I joke that like we've had three different jobs through this at the very beginning, like when we first had to go online, like it was like every time I turned around, things were changing and I had to learn something new and this and that. And it was just crazy. 
And then this fall, we had, you know, all virtual instruction. And so this summer, we got this chance to do this wonderful two-week um, summer learning opportunity where I got to train my staff, both instructional assistants, teachers, whoever wanted to come, it was voluntary. And we really got to get everyone prepared for virtual learning. And then from the fall until February, we were in virtual learning. And now March, we started to do concurrent learning. So then I had to train everybody on staff on how to use all this technology, how to use them, you know, the monitors and the document cameras and the special cameras and all that. And so finally that part's over. And then now I'm testing person. So actually, I guess it's three different jobs, three or four different jobs. But, you know, the, the role keeps evolving and changing. But I've seen so much amazing growth in my teachers that I've it's, I've never seen such a need to have innovation as I did, especially this fall. Well, and one of the things I know I love hearing your perspective on and the way you talk about it is when you talk about, and you just then you're talking about working with your teachers and you're talking about the things that they're doing and how they're learning technology, but you always are framing it through and how it's impacting the kids and how the kids are learning through it. And like when we talk, because our whole premise here is, you know, you drop a, a, a rock in a lake and you create ripples. And while you only might hit the lake in one spot, it can affect the whole lake or, you know, and you do that all the time where you're teaching one teacher with the ripples that it's affecting the whole class and the whole, you know, class in and other teachers and stuff. And, uh, you know, but you talk about it and you, you always do it with such a passion of like, you're, you're here to do more than just tech. You're here to teach kids through the tech and teach kids how to appreciate and love the tech. And, and then, you know, through the teachers and it's just, it's so, it's so great to hear that perspective. And it's, it's been really uh, wonderful because there's been so many opportunities. You know, I have four kids. Um, and so this year I've been able to, since COVID started, I've been able to present at 25 virtual conferences. So talk about a ripple effect there. I um, in, can't remember which month it was, I presented in North Carolina. And one of the people wrote me saying that I had reignited his passion for education. Well, like, wow, like, but I get a chance, whether it's through my day job or whether it's through my blogging or whether it's through the book, if people choose to buy it or whether it's through, you know, my presentations. I love that feeling that I've learned so much from other people and I've learned so much from our Teach Better Admin Mastermind. It's definitely been part of my life changing experience, but I get to share those things and then I get to learn from them because none of us have all the answers. We're all learning but we can't be afraid to learn. I think that's just what's so important is that even our, my teachers who were most tech resistant, they've learned to do things they didn't think they could do. And sometimes we just gotta get past that initial fear and try things with our students because our students need them. I couldn't agree more. I know John, John's all about breaking through that fear. Like, what do you got? What are you gonna deal with? And how are you gonna do it? You know, What is it, John, yeah. adapt? Improvise, adapt, overcome. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Yes, Marine Corps motto. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do see, like, and just listening to you, your role is transforming education. Like, we're not coming out of this and going back to whatever was going on. I hope, before. I hope I, not. <laughs> I, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see that. Like, how do you envision it transforming education, I guess, is what I'm, I'm asking. Well, I'm really hoping I, that this is going to help us to try to use tool technology tools and to use just look at blended learning differently. When is using technology really providing us opportunities to learn in a deeper way or to cement our learning? And then there's things that are always gonna be best practice to do face-to-face. -face. 
So something as simple as looking at video. Well, could we make an asynchronous video for our students to watch while we're meeting with a small group? Can we add Edpuzzle into it so we can get some diagnostic data? Teachers aren't afraid to do all those things anymore. Rather than expecting one kid to raise their hand, we can use tools like Pear Deck or Nearpod and get every student involved. I just think those things are so important. And it used to, I remember when I first started teaching Pear Deck, teachers like, how am I going to do this? There's two screens, there's two that. Well, now all my teachers are using it. And so things like that, people like using Google Slides in innovative ways. Like I am, my kindergarten and teachers this past year did the most innovative things with Pear Deck. And I like looked at them and I was like, I have to, you have to let me blog about this because it's amazing. And these were all people who before we did all this, they didn't know any of that stuff. And so it's been amazing to see what they can do. And I, you know, and as we were discussing technology for next year, we were like, well, of course we're getting Pear Deck because, and that was something I had to fight to get funding for. Well, because everybody's using it and everyone sees value. And so just something as small as that allows every kid to participate and gives, get that information from them. It's not just about the five kids who always raise their hands. So I, I imagine with as busy and crazy as five different jobs or four different jobs within this year has been for you. Um, it's also been super rewarding to be able to see, like you just said, you've, you are able to actually watch teachers that you knew didn't know something that later in the year, you're asking them permission to blog about what they're doing because they're doing so amazing. And I know as educators, that's always what you, you, you love that aha moment when you're working with kids and like, you get to see it working with teachers that you, then, you know, are then affecting the kids they're working with. Yeah. Um, that's gotta be just so gratifying. It's, it's been so awesome this year. And you know, in addition to the teachers, like I mentioned before, my instructional assistants came this summer to our trainings. Having instructional assistants who know how to use the technology is amazing. And honestly, they're like some of the people I'm most proud of. One of my instructional assistants today told me she was buying my book. And I know it's because she's learned so much that now she feels comfortable digging deeper. That wouldn't have happened without all of this. And so I just think that getting everybody on board and using every hand in the school to really reach kids is what, you know, that's just super important. And now it isn't, oh, well, that person doesn't know how to do this. Everyone knows how to do this. So I, I this might derail this, but I was looking at your, uh, your blog and I liked the, the techie blog. Did you know the tech tips? Uh-huh. I love that idea because it gives little, little bits of information, right? Here's, a, here's a, something you can try. You know, this isn't a new platform I'm giving you where you're going to spend hours and hours trying to figure out how to use, but something that's nice and easy. What kind of, like, where did that come from? Is it just simply, this is the way I want to push little things out? Well, originally my blog was pretty much all about technology. And as okay. I've grown and developed, I've definitely written more about the whole idea of risk-taking, connection, and things like that. And so this past month, I decided that I was gonna make a commitment to at least twice a month, make sure I did a did you know type thing with technology because I wanted to make sure I was still you know, faithful to where I had started. Uh, and so by doing that, and I just finished, in addition to the book I wrote, um, I'm working on a chapter for another book that's a global collaboration. And during that, I, you know, I noticed that you, Google Docs is so easy to make a bibliography now. God, I could have used that when I was young and we were looking through all those guides. And so it's like, well, that's something most people don't know. Let me share that. And, you know, so like 
just trying to pick up some little tips, you know, you can change, you, you, there's things you can, you change in Google slides, like just some little tips that are easy digestible pieces for people that they're like, I want it to be a tool that they might already be familiar with. And so, you know, Jamboard, I showed somebody a Jamboard with a slides mania and they were at a, at a presentation I did. And they're like, how did you do that? I'm like, I downloaded the picture and I put it back up because you can do that in Jamboard. So sometimes it's those tiny little things that can make a big difference versus, oh, well, you have to learn this brand new program and you need to know everything about it. That's overwhelming. Well, so, and I, I love ahead. the fact that you talk about, I mean, cause you're right. Like you can look at Google docs as a perfect example, Google sheets. There's so much you can do on it that if you're not comfortable with it, it can be overwhelming. Right. But then you can like literally just throw out one little, one little thing. And all of a sudden it's, it's accessible to everybody. Like, oh my God, you can do that. You know, um, and nowadays, you know, like having your, your website with the tech tips, um, you know, like I, I just, just yesterday I Googled how to combine two columns in a Google sheets where they, they put a common between and you've got a first name, last name out of two different mm -hmm. columns. I mean, the, there's so much out there, but it's hard to find sometimes, but having something simple where somebody's like, Hey, here's a quick little tip for you makes it so much more palatable. Does it go, okay, I want to try this, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think that those things are just so important. And I think there's certain things like Google Sheets that people are afraid of. With my little ones in, the, in, the, in our lab, we do pixel art with that. The goal is that I want them just to get exposure to using it. And all we're doing is using conditional formatting, which isn't something revolutionary, but it's still, I, I really try to push my students to work on that creation piece. And I try to show them how they can create using different things because that's what they're going to need to do in the future. So if they start in kindergarten learning how to do some of these basic, you know, creating and getting used to that mindset, then they're going to continue to do that as they continue to grow. It's not just, you know, and, and they can use that technology to kind of do things in a different way. It's not just about answering a worksheet anymore. I'm telling you right now, just so we're all on the same page, I just wrote down pixel art on Google Sheets. <laughs> with conditional formatting. I can't I'm, take credit from, it's actually from a book called Google Apps for Littles. I've still never thought about that, but as it's soon as you so said it, I'm like, oh my God, that's so much, that's so cool. Like, yeah, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like something like that, like you can throw that out there and all of a sudden it just opens up a world of, of Absolutely. things for people. And that's what I love about doing the tech coaching is, you know, I love being able to talk about things that people are working on and saying and coming up with a way that they can just do a tiny tweak to, you know, add something to it, you know, and, and I think that that's one of the things that's so great is that you're able to use technology to really amplify your students' voices because they need to be able to share their voices because, you know, we talk a lot about being, you know, buzzwords like being culturally responsive and things like that. But we have to start by listening to our students before we do anything else and making sure our students know that everyone matters. And right now connection matters more than ever. And so we really need to emphasize all of that with our kids. And, you know, the, ki the kids, I laugh at the kids. They're like, are you going to tweet mine out? But something as silly as that gets them excited. It makes them feel valued. And I never tweet pictures of them with it. I'm just tweeting pictures of their work, but they have an audience now. You know, so it's all those tiny little things. And even what we're doing right now, I would have never gotten a chance to meet the two of you and talk to you like this, but technology is allowing us to do it. Pretty yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And how much do, and I think about what you were saying earlier, like how much do students actually teach the teachers too? Because they get really creative with tech. 
And I think that's an important thing to kind of think about is that I know a few of the teachers I've worked with were like, well, I don't know the tech as well as the kids. And this year I ended up teaching some STEAM sections. And I'll be honest, I am not a Scratch expert. But I learned a lot about Scratch by watching my students work in it. And so sometimes the kids need to know you're learning too. And it's funny because there's, you know, my the te- every once in a while, one of the computers will go wacky in our classroom and like, they'll call us to help, but they also know that they have a couple students in there who are really good at this stuff and they can help them too. And, you know, it's, I believe that the, one of the biggest blessings of this year is that teachers were no longer known as the people who knew everything, but they were, that kids started to know them as the people that were learning too. And I think that that's so important because it's made teachers and teachers are saying things like, you know, this is new for me. I'm teaching in two places, you know, give me a little bit of grace. And the kids are like, okay, yeah, sure. We get this. And I think it's just helped kids in general take more risks on their own. It's that whole modeling. I agree. I said the soft skills that some of our students are learning this year of perseverance and of problem solving and stuff are so much more important than the maybe some of the academic stuff that we're not getting to or not doing the way we used to. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I honestly, Debbie, I'm sitting here listening to this as we're talking going, man, I wish we could have had this conversation in August because like, I'm so invigorated to like jump into a whole new school year and, and get going. And, and quite honestly, I was exhausted from the school year, um, about 25 minutes ago. So, well, I, I had a long day too. So I was looking forward to this because whenever I talk about this, it just lights me up inside and it makes me so happy to be able to share you know, the things that I've learned and, and also learned from others. Cause like every Tuesday when we do our mastermind, whether I have to go at night or whether I'm going in the day, I have to make at least one because it, it give, gives me something I can't describe. And just being with other educators that are as passionate about, you know, reimagining education as I am, it, it really just, it fills you up inside. And you know, we all get busy with our everyday lives. And sometimes that light is, you know, dimmed. Yep, you're absolutely. And one of the things I have noticed from our mastermind, and I, 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 I could not talk enough about our mastermind, um, which I know this isn't really the point, but I, is, <laughs> is, is we've had the conversation. I think you were in the group with us one evening. We we're having about how much everybody in the groups makes such an impact on us. Like, like people who are like, oh, I just show up and I, maybe I say hi at the very beginning. And I'm okay. like, I'm like, but you like, I look forward to the way you say hi and how, because it's just, it's another perspective. It's another, the way you say it or something, you know, um, you know, like I, you know, I, I look forward to whenever anybody's on Voxer, like I'm like, oh my God, I got to stop everything and listen to the Voxer because <laughs> I, I just, A, it's, it's humorous a lot of times because we, you know, we're people having fun, but B, I learn so much and I just, sometimes you just need that group behind you that, you know, like you can post anything on there and say, I got a question about this. And there's people just jumping to answer and support and help. It's been truly amazing. And, you know, I originally didn't join because I thought, well, I'm not an administrator. And in December during the teach better 12 hour live, I asked that question to Dave Schmidto and he's like, no, 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 anybody can come. Well, once I joined, like, I'll do pretty much anything. Even if I have like my kiss and ride duty, I'll listen from nine to nine twenty-five. go outside from kiss and ride and then go back in <laughs> because it's so worthwhile. And, 
you know, I think more people need to take advantage of things like that. I mean, I know Teach Better is not the only one. Codebreaker has leadership lounge and things like that, but you don't, ha- I'm the only tech coach in my building. And yes, there's lots of us in the district, but you know, we've even started doing more stuff where we're getting together online. Mm-hmm. You have to take advantage because all of us are trying to do the same thing. We're trying to make sure our students are best prepared for the future. Yep. We all have the same goal. And I love it too. Like you said, there's other tech coaches in your district. There's other admin in my district, but it's nice to get that perspective of that guy from North Carolina or the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the woman from Ontario, Canada, or, you know, the yeah. guy from in Ontario, you know, like you just get different perspectives and different Sometimes it's like, oh, I never thought of doing it that way. I wonder if we could do that. Or on the other side, it's like, why are they not having that issue that we're having? What can we do differently? You know, um, I just, I love it. And it's just funny because like the first time I went in, um, I went into a room and when I went in, someone's like, oh my God, I've been following you for like forever. And she was like really excited about it. And I'm looking at her name and I'm like, you're excited about seeing me? And so I think it's really helped with that whole idea of imposter syndrome. I mean, I joke that there are so many podcasts in our mastermind, I can't keep up, but it just shows that we have so many people who are just trying new things, that we have people who are writing books, that we have people who are doing all these things and really being content creators. And that's so important. Yes, social media is great for consumption and all media is great for consumption, but we need to teach our kids and model that creation process. And I'm sure your students knowing that you do a podcast, then they see that that's something that's accessible to them. Yeah. You know, it, it, you're right. And it, to me, some of the things that we're doing, um, whether it's blogging, podcasting, sharing messages, writing books, it's, it's just getting our message, our vision, our, our out there. And that's, I mean, that's our whole purpose. John and I literally were sitting around talking. I'm like, John, I want to do a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, about what? I'm like, I don't know. And we started like brainstorming some stuff. I'm like, you want to do it? And he looked at me like I was nuts. Cause I don't know if you <laughs> listen to our podcast, John's not always like, he's very cerebral and likes to think it out. And I'm like, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> Which is what I'm doing right now. I think I'm just, there's so much information coming in. It's just unreal. But no, I mean, and the whole, this whole time I'm thinking, you know, this is my second year as an administrator. And it's just, you know, because of Ray, just being able to see the importance of collaborating with others, those PLNs, yeah. and just the impact that they can have just on my, me, you know, and, and, and it's scary sometimes. And it's, you know, well, what, am, what, what do I have to offer is kind of what I keep going back to, you know? And I think that that's just so funny. When I first started blogging, I, I set up my website, I wasn't sure what I had to offer. And at that point, I was doing a book study with Sam Fesich um, from Magic. And I sent her a draft of my, I sent her my published website, which nobody else in the world had a link to. And I was like, what do you think? Like she helps teachers get all this stuff ready. She, um, and she wrote back saying, you have a story that needs to be heard. It's not the typical story. There's ups and downs, there's highs and lows, but there's a passion for, you know, kids and technology and it just oozes out and you need to share that. And so the first time you do anything, it's scary. But as I continue to blog mail on this, this year in 2021, I've been blogging every three days, which seems insane, but it is such a great creative outlet for me. And it really fills me up inside. And, you know, it's the same thing with writing the book. Well, I have a story only I can tell. Somebody's going to read that and be like, wow, I can take something from this, just like all the books on my bookshelf. I've taken something from, 
And when people who were doing the pre-reading of it wrote me the comments back, I was like, whoa, like this is what I hope for. And the fact that it's resonating and people are thinking it like I couldn't have dreamed for anything more. And I'm not doing this to become rich or famous. I'm doing this just like you talked about becoming an administrator. I can help my small little bubble or I can expand my bubble and help more. Yeah, that, and that's a scary thing. Just thinking about expanding that bubble. And, and I'm, it's, I'm getting used to it. I'm getting comfortable with it. I'm getting comfortable with, let's just say the podcast alone too. Um, I'm going to backtrack real quick though. Just in thinking about like the little techie tip, I just have to tell you that. I, I also teach at um, this local um, junior college here. And I use Jamboard and I didn't know you could change the background. Life-changing. And, and, and I'm just like, how, I've already thought of so many backgrounds I could have used on some of the assignments just to make it more engaging. Yeah, use Google Slides, make the background, download it as a JPEG and then bring it back up. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been using it for so many of my presentations lately because I love the fact that you can use the sticky notes and you can use the text or you can use shapes or pictures. So there's so many ways for kids to engage and it's just, it, it and it's free, which is even better. Free is my favorite word, so. <laughs> you already had an impact on me. I know. <laughs> so something, so I said earlier something about like me probably, I've always considered writing a book, but never, probably will never. You and should do it. That was you. Okay. That's what you said. And so that I want to, I want to go back to that because I happen to know a publisher who you also know. I, I do. But <laughs> as we've been talking multiple times now, when we've talked, you've said you should do it or they should just do it or they should do it. So talk a little bit about that because John and I have talked a lot about like how the little things you can do, but what if you want to do something big or bigger and out of your comfort zone, you, you're seem to say, just do it. Right. It seems to me like you have a book in you about life's exponential impact. John, somebody may have talked about that a couple of weeks ago or a month I, ago. I didn't listen to that one. And it was just, you <laughs> no, know. It, we didn't put it out there because that just blows my mind, just scares me with the thought of it. But, but I, what I think about when it comes yeah. to book writing, at least, and I blogged about this, I think last week, is that you start with letters, letters become words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs. I didn't start writing the book and have 40,000 words or whatever I have right now. <laughs> I started the book with a couple of pages and then I added a couple of more pages. And I knew when I started the book that I wanted it to be an acronym, not an acronym, an acrostic, I keep saying the wrong word. And I wanted each letter of transform to stand for something different. So I had Google docs for each of those nine chapters and I just kept adding things to those chapters. And then I would go back to it and be like, okay, well, this story fits in this chapter. Okay. Now what else can I add to this chapter? And my husband laughed at me because I had a, Google Sheets set up where the amount of words in each chapter so I could see where I needed to spend the most work on. But it all started with lots of little things. And, you know, you know, if you're blo you're blogging, right? I've, I've written a couple blogs for the right. teach. Blogging, blogging is, is the start. I had been blogging for about a year and the book started to call me. And so, you know, now looking at this, I'm like, you know, you know, wow, this is my book. Like, it's amazing. Um, because for so long, it was just on my computer screen. But it really is some if it's something that you feel called to do, you shouldn't say one day I'm, I'm, I'm spouting some Lindsay Titus here, you should just go ahead and get started. 
you know, and I, I, I will admit I'm a huge fan of Lindsay and I try to take everything she says. I just, so, so growing up, I was not a good speller. I hated writing because I couldn't spell. So even to this, <laughs> even this, you know what I do, I do the talk to texts and just let it go. And then I go back through and put all my grammar in there and, and, and stuff. And like, so it's gotten, you know, it's gotten better for me, but I think still like, I look at the impact that that had on me as a kid. Like, I mean, I'm not kidding. Eighth grade, my mom and dad got me hooked on phonics. Like it was like, you're doing hooked on phonics because you need to learn how to spell. I got an A in spelling, by the way, because I could memorize 20 words like anybody's business, but I can't, I couldn't spell. So I had to speak and spell too when I was little. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had one of those. My, uh, my mom got mad at me because I took it apart though. I wanted to see I how it worked. It. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I so, think you have a book in you. Somebody I, I, told I, me they thought I had a book in me and I was like, well, I think I do, but I'm not sure. And they were right. Sometimes right, we just, some, my, I tell this to my husband all the time. We've been married for nine years and he believed in me way before I believed in me. It wasn't until the last two years that I started believing in me. And now that I believe in me and he believes in me, holy cow, watch out. Yeah. But I grew up not having that same feeling. And so it was, it wasn't something I was used to. And so, you know, sometimes it just takes those experiences of having all these people around you who believe in you. You finally, I mean, I like, I look at you, you're, you guys are, you know, administrators. I'm like, that isn't something I want to do, but it's something that now that I know I could do, it's just not yeah. what I want. It's just not where I want to focus right now. But I grew up thinking, well, I couldn't do certain things. Well, that's not true. I just didn't think I could. Mm -hmm. So you all heard it. If you want to do something, just do it. Just, just Debbie says, just do it. Just we start. Can, just start and, and take that first step. And like you said, put letters together to make words and words together, yeah. to make sentences and, and go from there. And I, I love that idea though, because I think so many of us, we have ideas, we have dreams, we have goals and we look at them and go, well, how do I get started on that? Where do I start? What do I do? And I think sometimes we do just have to step back and remember that every, what is it? Every journey starts with a single step, you know, Absolutely. like, and you know, my daughter jokes all the time that I say, I want to do a podcast too. And I haven't jumped on that. And I was like, it's on my list, you know, and you know, you can't do everything at once, but if something's really calling to you, you should go for it because you'll be surprised. You I, was, I, was, I, I don't know who I was talking to, but you make time. I think when I was listening to one of your podcast, you make time for what's important to you. Yep. Every morning I wake up and I have my morning routine. And part of that is I write 30 minutes every single day and I read 10 to 15 minutes every day. So because I've set aside that time, I get it done. And, you know, recently I'm on a little bit of a health journey. Recently I've decided I have to set aside time to do strength training three times a week because I have a coach now, something I don't really like, but it's important to me to get back into shape after COVID. So I'm going to do it. Even if it's a little torturous and I'm a sore, sometimes you just got to do something because you know, you got to get, you want to get to that next destination on your, on, on your journey. So why don't you, let's, let's back up a little bit and just tell us just more like about your book. Cause I will, mine is ordered. It gets here on Thursday. Yeah, so, take a picture with it. <laughs> oh, I will post it all over the place. Um, I, I'm just so excited. Um, so like I said, TRANSFORM is actually an acronym and the book is organized into nine chapters. And then there's three parts in three chapters in each part. So it starts off talking about how to get your feet wet. 
And it really talks about going, uh, it talks about my early journey, how I would talk behind closed doors. And I had struggles in my first couple of years of teaching and how I found technology. And then it talks about ways that we can revisit technology's role in education. I share my transform tech tools. There's 10 tools that I highly suggest educators using, and I explain how to use them. There's even some QR code links to some trainings I've done, um, the awesomeness of technology. And then it talks a little bit about how we can, you know, really amplify learning using creation. I'm a big proponent of Project Zero's thinking routines. I talk about that. I also just talk about ways we can really promote that creation over consumption. And then in the next part, it talks about next steps. It talks about how to promote student agency and nurture student agency. And then the rest of the book takes a turn because a lot of books talk about how students should use technology, but the educators behind them are just as important. Mm -hmm. And I might've been a good teacher before, but becoming a connected educator made me great. And so it talks about things like seeking connections outside of your school, like we've talked about. It talks about things like how to, find your PLN, talks about things like how to offer your voice and share your story. And in that last part, it really talks about reaching beyond your expectations. It's really that more active part and how some of the lessons we've learned in this past year have really provided us ways that we can transform education. We can maximize learning's impact. So if you, when you look at the book, it's kind of, it kind of takes you from, you know, here's that the start, here's where you can really kind of power it up or level it up. And then here you can really supercharge it. Wow. I can't, I can't wait. Like I, I, again, pandemic, what has it done? I've started podcasts, started reading more, started listening to podcasts and like, I got a stack of books that I'm just constantly reading and yours is going up there because I, I just think there's so much we can apply and learn. And like you said, it's more than tech. Like it's, yeah. it's how to be creative and how to inspire kids and, and everything. I love it. And they talk about one of when I first started teaching, I do a lot with icons with my kids is the, when I learned about you teaching kids icons, it's the whole idea. We have to give kids something to hold on to. We have to give them handles. And so if we can use the technology to make that learning stickier and to help kids hold on to that learning, then the technology isn't just for tech's sake. It should never be for tech's sake. I mean, I see teachers all the time who are like, I have this great worksheet. Can I make it into a PDF? That's not what we're going for, you know? There's so, if you're not using the technology to give your, your students an opportunity that they couldn't have without it, then you might as well just use paper and pencil. And, you know, I just think that's so important for, you know, educators to realize is that consider how the technology helps does it help and if it doesn't like when we're all virtual we had to use the technology there was no other way to engage with the kids we weren't going to make 10,000 phone calls but now is the way you're using the technology giving the kids something else so you really have to kind of think about that when you have kids in one place versus another place how are we going to let those kids connect and something like Hadlet allows them to connect so it's like all those connections Love it. I love yeah. it. I know, John, you've been wanting to get in here. And... <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I was just ordering the book. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, just, don't mind me. No, I was just thinking that it's, um, it's definitely a mindset shift, right? We've always used tech. We have tech, but we don't, I don't think we've ever used it to its fullest potential. 
Yeah. I, I think that's really starting to come out. And I'm just, um, I'm happy to see you sort of a leader in this. I mean, you're, you're pushing this. I mean, having a book out there that we can actually take a look at and read about and just, and reinforce what I think we already know, but are scared about, especially when it comes to tech. I think well, a lot of teachers just, get scared of it. Well, I think people are scared because they feel like it's something bigger than it is. And you have to, you know, it's not about knowing yeah. every tool that's yep. out there. There's tools I don't know how to use. It's about learning a tool, learning to use it well. I really believe tools should be versatile and we should be able to use them in a variety of settings. So looking at a tool like Pear Deck, well, I don't just need to use Pear Deck for my math lesson, but I can also use it for when I'm teaching history. And I can also use it for, for you know, I have a, my librarian uses it for read-alouds brilliantly. I would have never thought of that. But looking at different ways we can use that tool. And then once we have that tool, then figuring out what's the next one you want to work on. It's, it, you know, it's like you talked about that one step at a time. And, you know, I try not to teach my, you know, when I, when I did the trainings last summer, I was like, here's what we have that you've said you're interested in. Cause we had done a survey to see what they were interested in. I have a beginner and I have an intermediate course for each one. You pick where you think you're at. And then you attend. And if you can't attend, I'm going to put it in Edpuzzle and let you watch it asynchronously and get credit because we all learn differently. And so we have to trust our teachers to make those choices more because a lot of times teachers look at PD as have tos and it should be get tos. Yeah. So question for you. If I'm a teacher, I listen to this or I'm anybody who uses technology. I listen to this podcast and I go, I need to hear more from Debbie Tannenbaum. I need to know more outside of ordering your book, which I want you to give us the name again before we end this, Absolutely. But, <laughs> but what, what, how do they get in touch with you or how's the best way to follow you or to, to, to hear more or see more or learn more from you? Well, I've spent a lot of time on my website this year. It's actually been a very big passion project. And so Tannenbaum Tech is my website. On there, I have my blog, I have presentations that I do, I have pod, other podcasts and um, shows that I've been on, I have information about me in general, I'm starting to do some tech coaching and additionally on the side, so I have information about that. Um, but if you just want to connect on a more inform, and I have, you can obviously subscribe to that. Um, but I also, I'm very active on Twitter. I post several times a day. I try to provide a lot of value in addition to what I consume. Um, I'm presenting all over the place. I think I have eight presentations in June, which is crazy. Um, I'm actually, once we have to go back face-to-face -face, trying to figure out how I decide what I do. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm here and available. And, you know, a lot of the things I do are things that are free. So if it's something that's free and you want to learn more, come to them or just, send me, you know, a DM or send me an email and let me know. I'm, I've met with other educators and we'll just do like a free hour. Let's talk and see if I can help you or you can get more stuff. And if that works, it's great. And if it doesn't work, then you just got an hour of fun learning with me. <laughs> or we can order your book, which is called. My book is called Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, we want to just thank you so much for joining us. I mean, it has been an absolute pleasure and um, I just really enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoy what you have to offer and already the impact that you're having. I got, notes. Me I alone, got notes from our right? podcast. Like, oh, that's I got awesome. Notes. And I've had so much fun. <laughs> yes. I kind of came home today and I was a little tired and this just totally energized me up. So thank you for joining us. I have loved having you here on Life's Exponential Impact. Thank you so much for having me.
And for all you listening out there, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. And remember, no matter how big or small, make an impact. If you want to do it in your daily life with every little action you can, do it that. If you want to go big like Debbie and you want to you want to write a book, you want to start a web page, a blog, and you want to inspire and help people on a much higher level, greater level, then you do that too. But whatever it is, just do it. Thanks again, everybody. And remember, you have the ability every day to make an exponential impact. Take care. Thank you.